through a little bit of the internal part of martial arts, right? And everything we've done up to now, we started with a little bit of meditation, but everything we've done has been very external. You know, it, it, it's tough for me to teach martial arts because I think what really makes our, our school unique is we focus on the internal or the hidden part of the art. And so then immediately people assume that we don't train hard, but you know that that's not true. That a lot of times in order to get to the internal part of the art, you get there through your heartbeat and through your sweat. Right? But what is that internal part of the art and why is that hard or difficult to teach? Here's something interesting. Everything that does not now exist, that is going to be in our futures, that you're going to experience, whether it be new inventions, whether it be new breakthroughs in medicine, whether it be even in your own life, maybe a relationship that, that's been escaping you, and maybe you'll find that relationship one day, or mastery of martial arts technique. Everything that you want that's in your life that does not exist, does not exist. That's the problem. It doesn't exist. So if you go out and preach to your friends and say, I'm on this quest, and I'm on this quest to become excellent in this area or to achieve this new thing or to become this or to become that, they will look at you dripping in your current reality and they will judge you and they're going to say, that's completely yes. Look, I've been around here for years. She's not like that. How could she imagine being a black savage? Look at Andrea. And of course, the correct answer is because I'm not there yet, but I'm on the way there. But you are putting yourself in a position where you now have to defend something that is invisible. Make sense? Sure. And it was the Steve Jobs of the world, it was the Einsteins of the world, and the list goes on and on and on and on, that created the things that were invisible, and every single one of them was criticized for being airy-fairy about it. Every single one of them, without exception. Because that's an easy criticism to make. Because the easiest criticism in the world is to tell somebody, this is your current reality. See, here's the bedrock principle that we teach with. That where you focus your mind, that's eventually where you're going to go. Your mind goes there first, and then you'll go there. But if you keep your eyes focused on your current reality, the problem is, that's where your mind goes, and you'll stay stuck in your current reality. If I were you, I'd shut up about my goals. I know the big seminars, they tell people your goals. I wouldn't tell very many people my goals. I usually don't, unless they really understand, unless I've got that relationship like I have with a few people in here, because they'll tear you down. I want you to think about your physical senses. You know, it's through our eyes and through our ears and our sense of touch and you know, the other ones too that most people do most of their thinking. Like, where does thinking come from? You see a car and you go, oh man, that reminds me of the bad muffler on my car. You smell a food and you go, oh, I remember that one time that we had this thing that we had. But what if there was another sense what if you've heard the sixth sense, right? But of course, we wrap that in mystery, we make that scary, we make that frightening, we make that weird. But what if there truly was a sixth sense? 
Now, if you think about your senses, it's very interesting because most people would say, boy, I would hate to, I used to have a friend who was blind, by the way. And he had a great life, very happy person. But what's interesting is most of us would be, oh man, my vision is so precious. That's just my number one, most important thing. And most of us would probably say second is our hearing and probably our sense of, of touch is probably third. Taste and smell, those probably come really far down on the list. Why do we value our seeing over, say, sense of smell? Right? Well, the reason for that is because our sense of sight detects danger at a farther distance. So if you're in the jungle and you look out to the ridge and you see a tiger, you realize that's probably not a ridge that you want to be climbing on because you can see him. Now, maybe you're a little closer and you hear him roaring. You know you don't want to go towards that ridge either. Now, if you smell him or feel his breath, or one of his claws, it might be too late. Now here's what I'm going to suggest to you. I'm going to suggest to you, you have a sixth sense that instead of being a weaker sense, is a more powerful sense than even your sense of vision. And almost nobody pays attention to it. Because it's so in use 24 hours a day, all the time, every single day, that most of us don't recognize it as a sense because it's not detecting things that are solid that you can feel and that you can touch. And what I'm going to suggest to you tonight is that your sixth sense is your emotions. Your emotions, the state of emotion that you feel. Yuisha Basensei talked about this all the time. He had this really difficult situation. I think sometimes I face this difficult situation. He was one of the greatest martial artists of the century, revolutionized the world of martial art, was a devastating martial artist, could destroy people. And at some point in his career as a teacher, he began to look at this idea that two people are in conflict with each other, but what happened before they were in conflict with each other? And what put one person in the space of another person with anger and hatred in their heart that made them come to blows with each other. And he started talking about the metaphysics of martial arts. That's why his book was called The Art of Peace. And you know what happened? He revolutionized the world of martial arts with his art called Aikido. And more than half of his students left him. They said, the master has gone soft. We are here to fight. We're here to learn how to break bones. We're here to learn how to crush. And we should have since they said, I can do all that. But I have a power that's greater than all of that. Make sense? Yes. So to make this practical to you so that you can walk out of here and take this, Sipai, when she teaches her women's self-defense class, she says, if you're getting a bad vibe, it's because there's a bad vibe. And if you'll be sensitive to that bad vibe, not just in self-defense situations, but in business situations, in transactional situations, even in the foods that you put into your body, what will begin to happen is you'll start to hone your sixth sense and you'll begin to make choices that are right for you. Your timing will be impeccable. You'll be in the right place at the right time doing the right things. All of a sudden, your energy will increase because you begin to increase your leverage because you see problems long before those problems occur. 
that's what happens when you learn to listen to your sixth sense. So then the final question is, Sensei, that's a great speech, that's very inspirational. How do I do that other than just paying attention to my sixth sense? And by the way, the word in martial arts for paying attention to that sixth sense is called mindfulness. Everybody likes to say it, very few people can define it. That's what it is, paying attention to your emotional states and choosing the ones that support you. When you learn to meditate, you learn to still your mind completely. And when your mind becomes completely still, even the most subtle of emotions, you'll be able to detect. And the more you meditate, and meditate with the wisdom of understanding what your sixth sense really is, the more powerful you'll get at this. And then people will say to you, Chris, why do you do martial arts? Evelyn, why do you do martial arts? And you'll say, because it's made my life better, because I see areas of my life improving, I see relationships improving, I see my finances improving, I see my health improving, I just have made martial arts a way of life. And the answer is, why? Because why wouldn't you if you learn to do the practice properly and you see everything in your life getting better and more harmony and more joy and more love and more abundance than you can shake a stick at? And that's the purpose of martial arts. And I'll leave you with one last thought. If what we're teaching you really works, and it does, and if it's devastating to another human being, and it is, and if you can take somebody down, I don't care how big they are because you're going to learn to leverage and you're going to learn proper technique and you're going to be able to do all of those things. If this is devastating to another human being, why wouldn't we teach people how to find peace inside before we give them the gift of destruction? That'd be like handing out handguns to people with criminal records. We're going to do real stuff. We're going to learn how to fight for real, but we're going to become better people in the process. If the information in this podcast spoke to you, you'd like to get some more information, you can check out my book, Break the Chain, Volume 1, available on Amazon. Also, you can get the link to the book in the show notes, as well as ohiomartialarts.com slash break the chain.